Good morning, and welcome to your Friday Five, a weekly newscast from the Boston University News Service. It's Friday, April 24th. I'm Hannah Harn, podcast and production editor. And I'm Catherine Swindles, arts and opinion editor. Today, we'll take a look at our top stories from this week, including virtual yoga, how colleges are approaching SATs and ACTs, and a look at this year's uncharacteristically quiet Marathon Monday. Let's get started so you can start your day. As gyms and studios close their doors, virtual yoga is offering a fitness alternative for those in isolation. Yoga may reduce stress and help with weight loss. Using WeFit Yoga, researchers discovered virtual yoga programs can positively impact middle-aged women with lower back pain. With studios closed due to coronavirus concerns, virtual yoga allows those in isolation to engage in physical activity and improve their mental well-being, according to David Prosichin, the founder of Do Yoga With Me. With the coronavirus spreading, a lot of people are feeling a lot of fear, Prosichin said. Yoga helps you get out of that fight-or-flight response. Do Yoga With Me has been creating videos for over 10 years. Unlike in-person yoga classes, these videos can be watched at any time and repeated whenever the viewer likes, Prosichin said. Yoga programs in libraries have also gained popularity in the last few years, and were the largest movement-based program in public libraries, according to a 2017 survey. While quarantined, research shows that people may become frustrated, bored, or feel isolated due to reduced social contact and a loss of routine. Virtual yoga may provide some element of community and structure, according to Vita Bilkis, the CEO of Health Yoga Life. Now, more than ever, we are all sitting in front of screens, and I think we didn't realize how much, when we're not in a state of self-quarantining, we interact with people, Bilkis said. Classes are also a daily activity for those seeking to add structure to their day. With a constantly changing environment, services are shifting to accommodate needs. Virtual yoga is one option for those seeking to improve their physical and mental well-being. This story was reported by Michaela Heiss. While cases of coronavirus in Massachusetts continue to rise, the state became the first in the nation to use contact tracing, reaching out to patients who may have been exposed. In an effort to deal with the spread of the coronavirus, Massachusetts announced the COVID-19 Community Tracing Collaborative on April 3rd. Since then, more states have started community tracing on their own. Robert Redfield, the director of the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, said that aggressive contract tracing is needed to flatten the curve. Governor Charlie Baker said the state would start community tracing by reaching out to the patients who have been confirmed positive for COVID-19 and people they have been in contact with. The state is collaborating with Partners in Health, an international health organization responsible for contact tracing during the 2015 Ebola outbreak. Since his April 3rd announcement, other states, including Maryland, Rhode Island and San Francisco, have joined the Community Tracing Collaborative. The governor encouraged people to help with the community tracing, since it requires more than a thousand staff members, including volunteers. Staff will call people who have been potentially exposed to the virus and ask those people to stay in quarantine. The public health tool has been used for Ebola, cholera and other contagious diseases. During the governor's announcement, Joya Murkerji, the chief medical officer of Partners in Health, said the company will focus on people who have mild symptoms or are silently and unknowingly spreading the disease. Partners in Health is currently hiring staff to handle community tracing. As the staff proceeds with calls, they will collect data on symptoms and provide information about quarantine procedures. Information and privacy is strictly treated as a private medical record, according to the state government. This story was reported by Ingon Kim. After Governor Charlie Baker issued a stay-at-home advisory, streets across the state emptied. But for people experiencing homelessness in Massachusetts, the ability to stay home is a precaution they cannot take. While the state has acknowledged the need to protect vulnerable populations, little has been done to offer actual help, said Representative Lindsay Sabadosa of Northampton. 
Sabarosa is pushing for a bill that would disperse funds to the Massachusetts Emergency Management Agency to aid the state's shelter system in combating the community spread of the virus. Quarantine shelters, funding to keep seasonal shelters open longer, and access to basic hygiene like bathrooms and showers are all immediate needs for people experiencing homelessness, Sabadosa said. The bill, which also has Representative Paul W. Mark as a lead sponsor, is intended to fund telehealth services for behavioral health and revamp access to medication-assisted treatment. A recent study done by researchers at the University of Pennsylvania, University of California, Los Angeles, and Boston University found homeless individuals, if affected with the virus, are twice as likely to be hospitalized and two to four times as likely to require critical care. Further, those experiencing homelessness also had a higher chance of dying from the illness than the general population, the study concluded. This story was reported by Deviani Shetri. In recognition of unexpected academic challenges high school students nationwide have faced as a result of the COVID-19 outbreak, some colleges and universities have adjusted their admissions criteria by either permanently or temporarily waiving SAT and ACT requirements. Boston University, Tufts University and Northeastern University have all adopted a test-optional policy, though each on its own conditions. While Northeastern has specifically applied this policy to the class of 2025, Tufts has decided on a three-year waiver, starting with applicants intending to enter during the fall 2021 semester, matching Haverford College in Pennsylvania. Boston University has specifically waived the requirement for students whose terms start in either fall 2021 or spring 2022. Outside the Boston area, Amherst College and Williams College have adopted a test-optional policy for applicants in the 2020-2021 admissions cycle. Similar to its Massachusetts neighbours, Vassar College in New York has also implemented its waiver to applicants of the 2020-2021 admissions cycle. Rhodes College in Tennessee and Davidson College in North Carolina are among schools in the southeast region to launch a waiver for three years as part of a pilot programme, after which both institutions plan to evaluate the likelihood of continuing their policies. Further west, in St Paul, Minnesota, private liberal arts school McAllister College has permanently waived the requirement a policy that will take effect with entrance during the fall 2021 semester. Similarly, on the West Coast, the University of Oregon, Oregon State University, University of Washington and Scripps College have all decided to permanently adopt a test-optional policy as well. This story was reported by Alex Hemmer as part of our weekly wonder, Data Journalism. Last but not least, we take a look at an uncharacteristically quiet Marathon Monday. Cloudy skies and empty streets on Monday marked what was slated to be the running of the 124th Boston Marathon. But in response to the pandemic, organizers postponed the marathon to September 14, 2020. The Boston Athletic Association, which oversees the race, released a statement in March acknowledging the decision that the marathon could not be held this year due to COVID-19 concerns. Since its inception in 1987, the Boston Marathon has never been completely canceled. The 1918 marathon, however, was replaced by an army relay race due to American involvement in World War I. Last year, the fabled 26-mile course was completed in 2 hours, 7 minutes, and 57 seconds by Kenyan Lawrence Chirono, and in 2 hours, 23 minutes, and 31 seconds by the women's champion, Worknesh Degefa of Ethiopia. The world will now have to wait until September for this year's results. In the meantime, running officials have asked runners not to ignore the cancellation and run the race course anyway. And with the Red Sox game canceled as well, the sight of Sox fans converging with marathon crowds in Kenmore Square is just a memory for this year. For those missing the event, the BAA released iconic background photos for those looking to spice up their virtual meetings this Patriots Day. This story was reported by Matteo Vignieri, Inyong Kim, and Michaela Heiss. To see the full gallery, visit bunewsservice.com slash podcasts and click on today's episode.
And that's it for your Friday Five. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next week. For the full versions of this week's stories, visit bunewsservice.com slash podcasts and click on today's episode. We'd like to thank today's contributing writers, Michaela Heiss, Inyon Kim, Alex Hemmer, Deviani Chetri, and Matteo Veneri. We'd also like to thank our production team. This week's episode Friday Five was produced by Hannah Hahn. And be sure to check out our next episode of Between the Bylines, where we sit down with our contributors to discuss our top stories through the lens of student journalism. Visit us online at bunewsservice.com slash podcasts for more information. Mm-hmm.